Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, editor-at-large of Recode. You may know me as someone whose interest in the enterprise only extends to Star Trek, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Oh, I made Aaron Levy laugh. That's an unusual thing. Today in the chair is Aaron Levy, the CEO of the enterprise file-sharing company, Box. He's also a hilarious Twitter comedian in his spare time. Honestly, that should be his full-time job. He's been on the show before back in 2015 when we started this. Did we kick off the show? Uh, Yes, we did. I think we did. And back then, he called himself older and wiser than some of the kids who were starting startups. Now he's just older. I can't wait to hear what new <laughs> wisdom he's gained in the past few years. Aaron, welcome to Recode Decode. Thank There's you. so much to discuss. I don't know where to begin. I, and uh, I'm glad that you reprofessed your love for B2B. Yes, this I is, do. Uh, I always love B2B. Who yeah. doesn't love B2B? Um, all right. So first, let's get over where you've been since three years. What's been going? You went public. You we did all public. kinds of stuff. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a good uh, few years. Um, obviously, a lot of, lot of craziness and in our space, but so uh, three years ago, were you? Pu- when did you go public? We, we we probably just had gone public, right? Um, yeah, uh, and uh, but we uh, so so three years later, been public. Uh, I think we've done something on the order of thirteen uh, earnings calls, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so so that's been a uh, that's been a pretty good experience. Um, mm-hmm. A little over five hundred million in revenue last year. We're now you have to say now, right? now we have to yeah, talk about it and a yeah. lot, lot more scrutiny. We'll, we're uh, we're aiming for uh, and guided to a little over six hundred million in revenue this year on a path mm-hmm. to about a billion in revenue in the next few years. So, mm-hmm. um, so all the the fun and joys of being a public company. Profitable. Um, we are cash flow positive. Ah, that's yeah, their favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's like nine forms of profitability in, yeah, in yeah. the valley. We're yeah. we're in uh, the middle tier. You're of, not uh, draining cash. This is not. We're not. Uh, we don't have an AdWords yet, but right, uh, we're okay. working on it. All right. And so, talk about that experience. So you had talked. You did say you know that you were. How old are you? Older and wiser. Thirty three. Oh man. Yeah. God, please. Much wiser. Yeah, whatever. Um, so, uh, oh my God, that's a real young. But I look like forty-five. You do, at yeah, least, yeah. at least. You at, know, at certain angles, 50, yeah. Yeah, the, with, yeah. if you just get the gray patch, it's, right. uh, I look so, a lot older. So, to, what, what's the experience been like? You yeah. went public. You, it was somewhat of a rougher ride for a couple companies like yours. Talk about that experience and what you learned from it. Yeah, and thank you for saying a couple companies. It felt like it was yes. just us, but no, uh, no, there were a couple. But I'm glad that you included others in that. Um, so, you know, it was a rough ride because we, we got really unlucky that the moment we filed. To go public, there was a lot of there was a kind of like a very brief correction in in right. SaaS valuations, and we got we got that right at the center of our IPO process. Plus, um, we were known for burning a lot of cash, and mm-hmm. and the reason for that was we were building out a pretty significant enterprise sales force and doing a lot of deep engineering on the the scale of our, our platform with the intent of making sure that any Fortune 500 company, a bank, a hospital, a, right, um, a life sciences company would be able to actually deploy Box across the entire organization. So you have mm-hmm. to have a certain amount of that enterprise scale to be able to get there, and that was where we were spending our our, our money on the single on the singular bet that we were going to go and power the Fortune 500 and, and how they work and share and, and collaborate. And um, and so fortunately, uh, you know, a number of years later from that, we now have about 69% of the Fortune 500 as customers. Um, so companies like Eli Lilly and um, uh, Pfizer and Amgen and Coca-Cola and um, and General Electric all use Box to be able to manage and secure their, their data and content. We're going through a little bit of an evolution where um, – we we sort of started out by selling end user file sharing and collaboration, and now we've been building a much broader platform. Right, which you have to. Which you, you have to. So you have to have a, a platform, obviously, these days. And and so the whole idea is, can we be an end to end platform that helps companies manage and secure and, and govern their their most important information the file sharing, the uh, with, at the heart? Yeah, at the heart. But but really being able to secure and manage that content, which is obviously a space that you you know and love yeah, deeply. Yeah. So um, <laughs> and you have I things know more than <laughs> you have things like you know GDPR and mm-hmm. and in, you have very yes. specific industry. 
industry regulations, and then you have data residency, and then you have cybersecurity challenges. And so sure. companies are dealing with this just massive nightmare of like, how do I both modernize the way that my organization works right. and the, the way we collaborate, the way that we, we um, uh, accomplish our, our, our daily tasks? With all of the new challenges that, that— Which they shouldn't really do themselves, which most people did, did homegrown kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah, you have a lot of—you have decades and decades of legacy technology that companies had to manage in their data centers. Right. In our, in our particular category, there's probably 30 to 40 or $50 billion being spent every year on all of this technology, but in the customer's data center. Mm-hmm. What we're trying to go to, uh, to companies in the Fortune 500 and say, listen, we can deliver a much simpler way to manage your information. You're going to be able to collaborate and work in a much more modern way, and you're going to be able to stay secure. You're going to be able to stay compliant. You're going right. to be able to handle all the privacy requirements that any large which, multinational Which we've gotten used to from AWS and others. Yeah, Salesforce, Workday. Right. I mean, th- we're a part of obviously a much bigger movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of that sales work is being done for us. But but I think the the, the crux of the, the moment we're in right now as both a company and in the space is mm-hmm. the Fortune 500, which is basically a proxy for any large business around the world, is, is dealing with this challenge of, okay, we have a bunch of practices, we have a bunch of behaviors, we have a bunch of, of sort of ways that, that our culture and work styles have evolved for 20, 30, 50, 100 years. If you're a company that's been around for 100 years, and all of a sudden, this whole digital thing happens, mm-hmm. and now you have Airbnb attacking your industry, you have Netflix that, that attacking your industry, you have Lyft mm-hmm. and Uber that are attacking your industry, right. uh, depending on what, which space you're in, and all of a sudden, you have to modernize the way that you serve your customers, you have mm-hmm. to modernize your internal uh, work styles, you have to modernize the way you do product development, you have to modernize right. the ways that you collaborate. And uh, if you're in the Fortune 500, you're looking for partners that can kind of help you through this journey. And right. this is this is how we sort of see our role in, in the environment. And what are the things that you have to sell them on? Because one, obviously, was you were a small company, yeah. security. These are the areas you're dealing with are not small. Um, and, and your company hadn't been particularly plagued by that, but many others in the space have this idea of security in general. Yeah. Um, and then also that you're like today Slack went down. Slack went down. I and everyone's that was like, haha, there was a whole yeah. trending Twitter yeah. thing, but it's like, whoa, yeah. I use this for my business. Yeah. No, thank you. Like yeah. it's not a joke. And it's not like what Did you take I? some time off today? Or no, what? I didn't. Okay. But I was annoyed. I was right. like, you know, I would I'd be very annoyed if my power went off or yep. my water went off or right. whatever. You know, whatever I use. And so it was interesting to me that everyone was looking at like a consumer product, like, oh haha. Yep. But it really is something I used for my business. So it was interesting. I, yeah, and I mean, the, the... I was more irritated. Than no, the, the uh, mission criticality of these types of services right. is only growing by the day. We're, right. we're used in hospitals. We're used in um, uh, in medical procedures. Uh, we're, we're used in disaster relief. We're used in movie companies that have to, you know, mm-hmm. be able to collaborate in re- real time on a script. So if you go down or you're not secure, or you don't have mm-hmm. the right compliance, there's just, you have no ability to go serve, for, serve your customers. So th- that is a big issue. This is at the, the foundation of everything we do is security, robustness, reliability, um, all of the things mm-hmm. that ensure that a large regulated company can can uh, can have a, a safe because place for I their I think content. people look at these in terms of consumer products. Yeah. They, they, that's how they first got introduced to a lot of stuff that is in the workplace sort of lagged yep. for a long time and now it isn't. But you sort of mention it and you think of it like a Facebook work or that in that case or anything else that you're using. And it's really, it's a really, it's, a, it's also a mentality I think a lot of Silicon Valley companies had. Like, oh, well, I'm like, oh, well, you got billions of dollars in investment, 
screw you. Right. Like, I, 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 whether well, you work or not is really is my choice as a customer. Yeah, I think the um, so so you you certainly had a consumer movement that, mm-hmm. that sort of impacted how technology worked in the enterprise, mm-hmm. and we were we were a part of that movement. And when we founded the company 13 years ago, we didn't really think about consumers or enterprises. We just said, hey, people like they mm-hmm. want to be able to share and collaborate, right. and whether you use this in a business environment or a consumer. You environment. always focus on a business environment, and and Dropbox was the consumer. Yeah, I mean, folklore is is always good. Huh. Um, <laughs> so well, we we started the we started the company uh, focused on our on basically independent of Indi- of, of the market. Of who cares? We, uh, we right. were we were nineteen and twenty. Right. We didn't think about whether mm-hmm. you were a business or, or an individual mm-hmm. or, or or a consumer. So we just focused on people. What happened was um, our business model changed within mm-hmm. about a year and a half of launching, where we said we don't think there's a viable business yes. in the consumer. And then market. you bought that blazer there. So. And then we and then I started buying suits and started right. looking more serious. Started dyeing my hair gray mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, and then now I have way All too right, much. So you of it. started off. I'm sorry to get that wrong. No, no. But no, you were focused on business very early. Within a year and a half. So, so right. for the past 12 years, we've basically been. And 100%. then they shifted. And then, and then, and then the market kind of realized, like, oh shit, like the market is really mm-hmm. the money is going to be in the enterprise. And right. we, we fortunately, you know, had over a decade head start on that. But, but the 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 trend of consumerization of enterprise technology, or this idea that mm-hmm, that which we talked about before. Yeah, like why why in the workplace are you using worse technology than than in our personal lives when we actually spend way more money on technology in the workplace. Right, right. Um, and there's a variety of reasons, just like the, the legacy enterprise software vendors never cared about user experience and, and all these factors. But now finally— They had them locked in. They had them locked in. You had monopoly control of data. It didn't really matter. The buyer was an IT buyer, not the end user. And they, right. the end user really had no power to, to affect the kinds of decisions right. that were being made in, in the software development process. And that's all changed in the past couple of years. So since you've been going public, how, how is your competition with not just Dropbox, but yeah. the big companies? Companies really were the ones that were coming at both of you. Yeah, I mean, I think that I think it's important to you know, obviously, the Silicon Valley dynamic is it feels like it's a box versus Dropbox environment. I think that that both of us would 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 you know recognize that the market is obviously far bigger than, than mm-hmm. us. And they we, have gone public since. And right? they have gone public. And I, I mean, we probably wish it was just a head to head battle, but but the reality is you have Microsoft, you have Google, you have a lot of um, you, you have uh, you know more traditional companies like EMC and others. This is where actual spend is going for mm-hmm. for how companies manage. Mm-hmm. Their information and, and their data, so um, so our job as a as a um, uh, as uh, you know sort of a startup, but but a public uh, startup is to make sure that we are um, out innovating the much larger incumbents in this market and right. delivering um, a, a much better user experience, being fundamentally more open and integrated with the rest of the technology ecosystem, right. which is not something that that Microsoft is particularly mm-hmm. you know uh, suited for, um, and then make sure that we can constantly out innovate the 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 bigger competition. So our, our competitive advantage fundamentally as a startup is that we can move faster, we can get closer to customers and better serve them, and be much more open and interoperable with the rest of their technology landscape. So how—that's what you say. Yes. <laughs> that's, but it's hard. I mean, it's obviously they can replicate. Look at Snapchat and Facebook. You yeah. Know, that's sort of the equivalent. Um, is they I'd say there's some differences between Facebook and Microsoft just in terms of— uh, No, Facebook's yeah. doing it really well, yeah. copying beautifully. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> They're doing a great job at yeah. it. Um, but that's a, that. Uh, how do you then think about, like, what are the features that people want now? Yeah. What, what are they looking for? Yeah, it's, it's helpful if you don't break down my talking points so okay. so significantly. It's better <laughs> if you just believe all of my, my corporate marketing <laughs> message. Um, so, you know, I think that the— 
They're also smart at Microsoft than they used to be. We, they are very good. And Satya is uh, a, a really great leader and he's got yeah. a great set of, of, uh, of team below him. And it's been incredible to see how, how he's, uh, in a, just a matter of years, completely transformed. Not that, quite that. as feckless, but not the other part. He's, I like that word. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, the, you know, very different than, than Balmer style and, and, yeah. uh, and, and in terms of the organization. But the, um, we kind of see a juncture that the enterprise market is, is sort of facing right now. Mm-hmm. We're either going to repeat the, I think, mistakes of mm-hmm. the 90s and 2000s, which right. is you give all of the power to two or three or four companies, and mm-hmm. we know the names of those companies, right. um, the Oracles of the world and, and Microsofts of the world, or we as the enterprise industry and, and big companies say, I'd actually rather have innovation coming from a, uh, a multitude of vendors, Slack, and Workplace by Facebook, and ServiceNow, and Workday, and Salesforce. And I want those mm-hmm. technology companies to be really, really deeply integrated with one another. Mm-hmm. And the benefit that I'm going to get as an enterprise IT buyer is I'm going to get constant innovation in each sort of swim lane, in right. each sector. Rather than mashing them together? Mashing it together. Do and you then, ever think about mashing you all together? Um, uh, do like I think about Matt? I, I'm sure you like, like the dirty dozen, but go ahead. I, I'm sure uh, Morgan Stanley and Frank Quattrone yeah. think about mashing these things all together. <laughs> yeah, what, Which what? one of you would Benioff <laughs> kill you all? Um, I think, He'd throw you all from Salesforce to Howard one at a time as he took over. I think um, that Correct? is this is certainly fan fiction for uh, for the enterprise I'm software industry. He would. <laughs> He'd be meditating with you, and suddenly you'd be falling fifty stories. It might be, uh, He'd be the, like, it, oh, it might be a trap. Um, yeah, have you meditated with him? I have not yet done full zen invited. experiences. Uh, no, I, I, these are some kind of like... Uh, he has some meditation thing. Yeah, right? I'm not a meditator. No. Um, In any case, so. so you want to each of them work together so that you have the workday element, the sales, because you all are in sort of similar lanes, but differently. Like yeah, similar, I think we, we You're in the same pool, but different lanes. I think that's um, that's a good pool analogy. Mm-hmm. So um, so we are all swimming in the same direction in a giant pool, right. and um, and basically there's another pool next to us which has no lanes, and it's just right. one giant these sort of shark-infested water. <laughs> and involved. <laughs> and Hellison and, and, yeah. and they all cannonball in. Yeah, that's just really a yacht, I think. Yeah, um, okay. He's not even in a pool. So, so, but, but, and we, we basically see that the future of IT is going to come down to do customers want innovation from best of breed vendors and us right. all to work together, which means even working with Microsoft and Google and these incumbents. Right. It doesn't mean that it's going to be Microsoft all of a sudden disappears. I think this is where, where we on the startup side get it wrong. Like Microsoft is going to be a dominant force in technology yeah. effectively in perpetuity. Right. The question is, will there also be a space for best-of-breed technologies that right. can deliver innovation right. well, around a choice, that. Though. I noticed you didn't mention Google that much. They yeah. have made a big push into this. Google has made a huge push. I think I think we're seeing more success from Google on the computing side, so really on the infrastructure space. Sure. And things like Meaning Google— cloud? Or? Yeah, more, just cloud computing, Diane, sorry, Diane. And, and what Diane has been driving. I think on Google Suite, like Google Docs, Gmail, et cetera, what yeah, maybe you— It's more consumer. It's, it's more consumer it's and SMB. Um, I think that— um, It's my kids. It, it could be your kids. Um, they, they, I, I mean, I think that they also work for adults. Um, right. The, uh, I know. No, but I'm just saying. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we, we use them at, at, at Box. We have a couple mm-hmm. thousand employees. So it certainly, there's nothing about Google Suite or Gmail that doesn't scale to large enterprises. Mm-hmm. I think that there's just a, a sort of a, a, a traditional approach that corporate IT has, which is, okay, we're going to be using Microsoft's Exchange and Outlook, and we're going to use that yeah. in the cloud from Microsoft. So it's more, there's a new set of technologies Google has. Some enterprises have it, but a lot of SMBs is, is really where the, yeah. the focus is. Yeah. I sometimes, I feel like they never have t- taken it super seriously. You know, it's, it's hard when they have such 
such an such an incredible business model in in you know things like uh, you know search and, and Android yeah. and YouTube and, the and invisibility so, cloak that they're building. Yeah, I don't even know about that one. Is yeah, that whatever? Yeah, it's lifting cars. I, 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 <laughs> they lift, don't have a lot of focus. Yeah, I mean <laughs> certainly flying cars. You know, mm-hmm. probably is a little bit more exciting than yeah. than doing corporate security. So yeah, apparently um, it works. I mean, I saw a video. It seems yeah. like it floats above That's water. What they say they keep telling me to come over and see it. Why haven't you done the Why haven't you done I the know, test flight? I just don't want to. You, you, are you too neurotic for a test flight? No, I just <laughs> I know I did a VR thing yesterday. No, I'll do this. Stuff. Oh, okay. I was in Google. No, but this for, is like actually dangerous. This is like this is not yeah, VR. Yeah, it's not that dangerous. Okay, it can crash Larry into the water Page is and in you it. It's swim. not that dangerous. <laughs> Whatever. Whoever. Like, okay. I don't know. You know, you know, he's floating around. You know, he's, Palo Alto in his with the invisibility cloak and I've the hover him. car. Yeah, you're right. I've seen. So that you haven't seen him. Okay, right. You understand? No, it's still buggy. It's still buggy though. All right. Okay. You can sort of see his arm pop out of the. Can you imagine Larry Page floating around Palo Alto? I can actually. He's one of you the know, few I people I can, yeah. I can. Yeah, him and Sergey just like floating around. Oh, I didn't want to get into that. Let's future. not get into Sergey. Let's <laughs> okay, not go it. down Sergey Avenue. Okay, all right. um, so th- this idea is a cabal. You're thinking like a cabal of you, like a bunch of you. Um, we're, we're, Neil, you mark a bunch of I, the. Um, I, I think that's that's what we're seeing from from right. customers. So if you look at a Coca-Cola or an Eli Lilly yeah. or a Pfizer or a GE. They, they, their IT stack looks mm-hmm. very different than it would have 10 or 15 years yes. ago. It has Workday in it. It has ServiceNow yes. in it. It has Salesforce in These it. These things has, work. It has yeah. Box in it. And we work together. Or Slack, yeah. Not necessarily perfectly at all times, but we we got to drive more interoperability. But the big, I think the thing that our, our more sort of um, insurgent ecosystem is going to face is can we all work together to deliver an incredible experience jointly mm-hmm. that that is as integrated right. as what a Microsoft or Oracle is going to be able to provide. Yeah, with it used one, to be you didn't get fired for using Microsoft, but now I think people do demand more. They they demand way more, and, and consumer expectations have dramatically changed. They pulled those expectations in the workplace, and they're saying, "No, I'm not going to fill out an expense report in some software that's 20 years old. Right, that's just too painful. Right, um, or I'm not going to share files inside of that legacy system." So what they do is they bring in their own tool creating a massive security vulnerability for the company. Mm-hmm. And then that's where we come in and we say, okay, you know, we can yeah. hopefully solve this so whole problem. So what are the big topics in enterprise? Would it be yeah. cybersecurity? Would it be, like, what would, what's the big thing going? Um, I think this will sound— it occupies most of your time. This will sound sort of obtuse or amorphous, but but it's really this idea of, like, what does the future of work look like? And right. this, this is, like, you're you're a company that has 100,000 employees. Mm-hmm. You have a bunch of practices. You have a bunch of behaviors. You have a bunch of business processes that have been codified after— after decades and decades of being successful, you're mm-hmm. a retailer, you're a car manufacturer, you're a life sciences company. How do you begin to uh, change the pace of innovation? How do you begin to change the, mm-hmm. the speed at which you make decisions and you, you drive new products into market? How do you get closer to your customers? All of the, like this whole idea of like the digital age is like, really all it just means is like business is moving a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Customers have way higher expectations. So if you don't respond, you're going to get disrupted. Mm-hmm. And so I think where enterprise software is going to have to go and where customers are, are demanding us to go is to say, how do I begin to work in, in the digital age? How do I begin to like- All right, I'm enjoying this yeah. talking point. Oh, cool. I want a specific. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So I you am know, enjoying this talking point. It's I, a good I, one. I appreciate that. Um, Things, I only had- like, Times they are changing, essentially. They, yeah, that's, that's, that's the- uh, synopsis of the right, talking okay, point. Good. So, um, you know, you, you obviously know this idea of like Amazon, two pizza teams, yeah. much more modular uh, innovation where small teams are able to work against a, a much broader technology stack and deliver customer innovation mm-hmm. in, in, a, in a, a local to the customer. That is not how 98% of like no, they do the not. world works. Right. That is not how 
any large company that no, was built it's a in slow moving very schema. slow three year business processes to get right. a new product to market the customer a customer has a request or, or a new expectation and then the entire giant you know yeah. uh, ship has to turn just a little bit well, to Matt be able Mike to was just talking about that like Ooh. Facebook yeah. Matt, and they're using his WordPress platform because inside of Facebook it takes two I mean, they have yeah. a few technologists there that can put up a website but actually it's faster to it's way faster just to to, to use uh, a more innovative use a new tool for that so yeah. now so so then the question is how does how do these large companies get to a point where they can have smaller teams mm-hmm. that are much more agile that are much closer to customers and on one part it's culture so if you're the CHRO of a large Fortune 500 enterprise you're saying I have to change my culture and my organization yeah. to get there but if you're the CIO on the IT side you also have to have a modern technology stack that is like things like Slack right. that are going to let you have team collaboration on a smaller in, level in, at a smaller level right that, that is much more local and, and around one specific business problem or one yeah, specific Yeah, it is interesting product. when you think about it. Been, it's a topic I've been thinking a lot about as a business. I feel like going on Maria Kondo everything. Uh-huh. You know, you know who that is? No. The one who brings you joy. The okay. lady who gets, she cleans out your closet, but it's all about life. Mm. You should read it. This it's is a small a, book. Way, way, way more zen than the stuff Maria, I read. Ma, Ma, I've, I've heard Kondo. the name. Yes. I don't, I don't read She's, those kind you of... Look, you take everything out of your closet, and if it doesn't give you joy, you throw it out. Yes, that's right. So you're always removing things from... Removing and, a and lot. That's, that's, that's exactly or, what... Or changing, or, or moving them into a smaller... That principle is is exactly what most most IT organizations you know need to be able to yeah. have within within their environment. So then the question is, okay, I'm a Fortune 500 company, I'm, I'm a CPG company, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden I have tools that that make it um, easier to share in real time, make my organization much more open, much more right. transparent. That's fucking up the culture because right. I am used to an environment where information is power. It's moved where up and down. I, I have, I have a, a very you know extreme hierarchy in terms of how we deliver, uh, de- how we make decisions in the organization. And all of a sudden, a 21-year-old mm-hmm. that just came out of college might have a better idea mm-hmm. for a new product. And and how does the culture of the organization begin to adapt to the fact that, that if you have a flatter environment where the best ideas can come from anywhere, where people need a lot more transparency so they have the information to make those types of decisions faster. What does that mean to the traditional corporate structure? What does that mean to uh, to how right. these companies are, are run and operate? And that's the exciting you know set of changes yeah. that, that are to come. Yeah, yeah. All right. I want to get back to enterprise in a minute yeah. and it's Silicon Valley, Thank but you. Twitter. Yeah, oh, okay. What? It's a how company. did you get to be so good at Twitter? What is the deal? Um, you know, I think... You're really deeply I, funny. I, I think people just have incredibly low expectations for what they expect on Twitter. So, really? Yeah, I, no. I don't think it's me. I think There's it's, a lot it's of very else. funny people on Twitter. You're yeah. one of the funniest. I, I appreciate that. No, so. deeply funny. Oh, like, thank you. Deeply funny. So, how does it change? Like, what, yeah. Did you just start? Because a lot of CEOs try to do it, and it sucks. Yeah. They, like, are terrible, and they're either earnest or stupid or... Yeah. Just bad. Just I, I, what, how did you think about it? Yeah, I mean, I think I want to hear about your process. Okay, this is um, it, like inside the actor studio. Yes, or something. exactly. You know, the the uh, it feels like that in this I room. I have to have a beard. And go, yeah. so <laughs> vaguely menacing. Um, the uh, I I would say that there's probably. I mean, unfortunately, there's not there's not that much thought or, or process to so. it other yeah. than try and say what's on my mind and and you know if you can kind of word it in a way that people like then then you feel better when you get likes on it. Did you think about it as a CEO of not do you just would you start just doing it when you're a startup and just it amused you as a 22 year old or? Uh, you know I think Twitter is a fascinating outlet for being able to get at your your thoughts and mm-hmm. uh, you know I I grew up uh, with a very with I mean internet was was like core to my being right. growing up and so to me it was just like another chat forum mm-hmm. but with with you know more of a it's more of a broadcast chat forum so um, but uh, yeah I mean unfortunately not like a lot of methodology behind 
behind it. Just do it. You just, just do. So just tweet. You just, and you, you're not ever very mean. That's oh, an interesting thank you. thing. Yeah. You're, you're cutting. Sometimes I mean the airlines. Yes. Um, that's yeah, about, but that, they're funny mean. Okay. It's never, do, yeah. do, you, do you worry about how it's put out as you're the CEO when you say things or do you just not? You just do it. I, in general, I try not to be too mean just right. as like a way of life. But when you're doing yeah. stuff, because you do political yeah. stuff, you yeah. do all kinds of things. Yeah, I do. The um, I think during the election cycle, I think I, I got a little bit more more casual in, in nature mm-hmm. on, on some of the, the, the Trump stuff. But, in you know, in general, yeah. I, I think that I have to have, uh, you know, we, we try and focus on policy as opposed to the politician. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hard that, not to. He's the fetid gift that keeps on giving. It's it's hard to maintain that that sort mm-hmm. of policy-oriented structure just given the amount of uh, the, the climate that mm-hmm. we're in. But, um, but that's my general approach. And then, I, again, just try not to overthink it too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I delete tweets uh, sometimes that are just stupid. Oh, and like I, what? Yeah, I, I don't like like I'll I'll type something and then my mom will text me and she'll be like, "That's that was really stupid." And I'll be like, "You're right, mom." And then I I delete it. Really, your mom calls? Yeah, you? she'll she'll call me if a tweet. What did she give me one? She. I've, she'll just be like that. That tweet wasn't funny. Um, oh, it just wasn't funny. Yeah, it wasn't funny or didn't make any sense. I'd be like, yeah. yeah, you're right. Or she'll be like, you misspelled something, and I'm like, fuck. Oh, so then I have yeah. to go delete it. Yeah, I get a lot of real time texts from my mom on Twitter uh, oh, related really? issues. Yeah, yeah. Wow, so damn. She DMs. I have a good editor. No, just just iMessage. Um, oh, she iMessages. Yeah, 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 yeah. I wish she would just go on Twitter. If she did so. DM, it would just she would accidentally tweet and then be super right. awkward. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but Aaron. yeah. <laughs> Um, so, what does your mom do? Uh, she, she's a uh, speech language pathologist. Oh, so. so she knows from words. She likes words. Um, yeah, and she likes to have them pronounced accurately. So, oh wow, yeah. where's she? Where's she from? She's up in Seattle. Oh wow, so works with like three year olds. So oh. that's the level of, of help that she tends to I give see. me. I see. Okay, so. good. Well, that's perfect. I need it. So, but when you think about Twitter, one of the things I, you know, the the the, the cesspool nature of it has gotten worse and worse. Yeah. Do you still like the medium as your as a communicator of someone who needs to communicate stuff? Well, I think um, me aside for a second. I think that the, you know, Twitter is, um, on one hand, it's an amazing platform because it's given it a, anybody a voice anywhere around the world. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Like, I, I don't think anybody would, would say, like, okay, what, you know, the Arab Spring um, or, uh, or, or just, you know, uh, underrepresented communities that now have a much broader voice. That's awesome. Yeah. At the same time, you also can see that, that it's, uh, it's a cause of, of harassment and it's a cause of, of a lot more anger and, and negativity in, in some areas. I don't know how you solve that. I don't know how you get Shut the, it down. I don't. Well, <laughs> and then and then now you don't have this medium. If I owned it, I might just do that. Really? I don't know that shareholders are really. I know if it was yeah. private, I'd be like, I'm oh, okay, you're private. Okay, this is sort of the. I was just thinking about uh, the other day. Yeah. What would I do? You know, this is it would be certainly one approach to private equity is just mm-hmm. you buy things and you shut them down. Yeah, and you just, just pray so that, that you get you get returns from that. No, item. nobody gets any. No, just, oh, there's no returns. I'd be like to be that rich. Wow, just shut things down. You know, call a bill, uh, Bill G, and see if yeah. uh, he can help you out on he this could endeavor. Do that, couldn't he? He could. He that could would be close to a lot of. I think his if money, he was though. dealing with a lot of harassment, he would just buy Twitter and shut it down. But yeah, um, he doesn't have a, yeah, so a I, lot of his fortune. I don't know what you do if you're if yeah. you're Jack and and the, you have this incredible uh, democratizing force. Uh, that can and has brought a lot of good mm-hmm. around the world. At the same time, you have you have all these other right. challenges that you deal with. Maybe like magically machine learning, you know, helps with this. Maybe you just have to hire they ten thousand editors, 10, 10 million. Uh, you know, ten million editors that can do all of the different controls right. and and um, and abuse, uh, you know, kind of claims. Um, but I think something needs to change. I, mm-hmm. I don't think we're in a good spot, and I think it it uh, it needs to continue to evolve. And and uh, how do you assess Trump's use of it? Why do I assess it? Um, I, I mean, I think it's – you kind of wish he had never discovered Twitter. So. Yeah, he's pretty good at it though. He is – I mean, uh, in in some measurements. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In a bad way, yeah. Yeah, in a bad way he's good. Yeah. Yeah, he's not funny. 
I, I, I don't follow today him. Today he did I, all caps. I don't even follow. I don't know what he all does. All caps yeah, today. Probably just like Supreme crazy, Court all, yeah. exclamation points. Do you use all points. caps ever? I have not no, yet done on, that many caps. Yeah. What was it on? He all and caps something. Yeah, and I try and like spell things better than he yeah, does. Yeah, that, yeah, That kind of stuff. Yeah. So when you think about like sort of where Silicon Valley is, yeah. um, I do want to talk about this issue. Uh, I've talked about it with lots of people. Um, how do you assess sort of the mood of Silicon Valley right now as someone who operates? You know everybody. People, everybody likes you. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm sure that Drew, uh, you know, doesn't like me that much. He, but he, he does. He okay, does. that's good. Well, I, I like him. But um, the, um, you know, I think that uh, the, the the situation we're in right now is, um, I think, an awakening of of how much responsibility the Valley has, um, and uh, and and basically how uh, the role of these technology platforms. Uh, mm-hmm kind of have an impact on our democracy and on, you know, how the world just literally functions. And mm-hmm. I think it's an, it's 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 companies like Facebook and Google's and other waking up to their role in society in a much more extreme way mm-hmm. and a less intellectual way, because I think it's always intellectually people have known it, but now it's like emotion, like it, yeah. you can feel it. Yes, you can feel it emotionally. Why didn't they before? Because everyone's saying now we know, like Mark said, now yeah. we take a broader response. I'm like, why didn't they have a broader responsibility before? Why? What was, what's in the thinking? Because you're someone who's pretty thoughtful about people here. And it sense, the sense is, like, we didn't know. I think, that, I think that's bullshit. Okay. That's, I, so, I, actually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm down with that being bullshit. Um, the, maybe it's not. Maybe I, 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 think there's, I think the problem is these things are not binary. And right. it's, like, okay. this increasing, you know, kind of boiling frog issue of, like, mm-hmm. like okay, like, you know, Zuckerberg knew the impact of Facebook when they did that one thing where, like, nine years ago... Beacon. thank you. Um, So, like, yeah, he knew the impact. Like, wow, I could actually, like, hurt people's personal lives if Mm -hmm. we published things that that people didn't know we were publishing. But I don't know that they ever did, like, a whiteboard scenario saying, okay, let's imagine that you have this, like, uh, you have a a, a nation state that's trying to impact our election. What are the hundred ways that you could manipulate an election in the U.S.? How many Mm -hmm. and how many degrees could that become away from that nation state? So you wouldn't even know Mm -hmm. that it was coming from from Mm -hmm. them and it could be actually sort of routed through somebody else. Like, you know, these are these are like like fun, you know, conversations to have in a completely hypothetical way, but then to see it happen for real, you start to realize, oh shit, right. like what have we created here? And um, and so I, you know, I, I'm sure that to some extent it's bullshit to say, okay, we're all of a sudden surprised by this impact. Mm-hmm. But I think what we're seeing is all these sort of new compounding layers of of ways that, that these platforms are impacting whether the world. Whether it's addiction, whether it's the Russians, whether yeah. it just goes one and, thing. And I, I mean, uh, being a founder uh, and at least knowing some of the origin process for how mm-hmm. companies get created, like you you generally are only thinking of the positive things when you're starting. So a, why is that? I want to get to that. Because that, you're like 20 years old and, and you're like, I'm going to build a cool startup that can like solve how people like socially network with each other. You're mm-hmm. not thinking about, well, what if Russia hacked this thing? Mm-hmm. And so then it's in the, eth- the core ethos those of the company, you didn't have that deep paranoia of of and, and skepticism, thinking through every possible way that this could break. Mm-hmm. You're really thinking through how it would work. more of the optimistic scenarios mm-hmm. of like, well, what if family members were more connected all around the world, and what if you could mm-hmm. stay in touch with somebody you went to college with 30 years ago? And so, like, and then and then you're like, oh shit! But the real world is way more serious than that. Mm-hmm. There's w- there are way more you know, prob- you know apocalyptic ways. Yeah, to I use had these a things. lot of discussions with them years ago about this, and they were very brush offy, yeah. like. Like, oh, you are so negative. Or <laughs> they said that to me at one point when I complained yeah. about it. I was like, aren't you anticipating this? And they're like, you know what you should do? You know, yeah, I have a career, oh, I have a a career job, a job, job where I just chief call, risk officer. Just really? go to these companies. I'm a chief 
nag or chief something. paranoia office chief nag yeah I mean, this I guess, is gonna blow up in your CNO? face here's okay. how here's how it's going down <laughs> okay right <laughs> you know here's how it's this going would be down. great or you could I probably I, do it I, for I, a bunch at of companies at one point i was like well, when, when are people gonna kill each other on this and they were like what that's depressing and i know yeah. and they're like how could you think about that i'm like have you met most of humanity? <laughs> Humanity's an awful group of people who yeah. are someday going to be blown yeah, off this planet. I, I don't, and I don't think like I'm sorry. I, I like you know in Is that the negative. Um, it's it might be accurate and it might be one can only hope. But, but the yeah. sun will blow up and take care of everything. But and go that, ahead, that will solve it way faster. It so. Well, everybody melts. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, um, you know, you and, you and Elon Musk probably are, are very aligned on that one. It doesn't even matter if he's in Mars if that happens. I'm sorry, Elon. He's out too? Everybody's out. Okay, well, sure. If we're talking like full universe. The sun yeah, implodes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's too bad. It's um, like that. That one's not. You're that, not even going to feel it. No, no, uh, no AI is going to. We're not no. going to worry about AI at no. that point. No, <laughs> the, um, uh, Do you want to go to Mars? Not personally, no. Mm, um, a lot of these guys want to go to Mars. <laughs> yeah, like, like, I mean, like. I'd go if like there were no consequences. Like I could get back. There are week. consequences. Right. What do you mean there are no consequences? That's my point. Listen, I, Christopher Columbus. There are consequences. <laughs> like if it's like a week long kind of endeavor, absolutely, I would love to go to Mars, but not. It's not, not a week long. endeavor. I can't do like a life changing kind of thing. I, I can't be uprooted right you now. You like I, Earth? Yeah, I, I, I just I have too many priorities right now, and right. I have a job, and can't you can't take time off for Mars at the moment. Yeah. Okay. All right. A lot of these guys like to go to Mars. Totally. And yeah. uh, may 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 one day I be in a position where yeah, you don't. Oh, I don't I think you're be, ever going to want to. You know, think about Mars. You and I can stay here and hold down the floor. I'm just trying to like store files right now. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> Mars is just so So, so, much so what happens in this beyond. reckoning? What happens yeah. in this reckoning? Uh, I think that um, what happens in the reckon, reckoning... Because there's also diversity issues. Massive diversity issues. Right. Um, so I was going to say like, on. so you have this you have this sort of like multinational, you know, challenges of like the democracy. Right, and, at like, risk. At and there's risk. nation states and, attacking And nation you. states and cybersecurity. And then you have very local issues like housing and, mm-hmm. and what are we doing for our local community? And mm-hmm. then diversity and inclusion, like why are these companies so so hard to get into and so closed off? And wh- mm-hmm. why why are we not able to impact the the leadership ranks of, of these companies from a diversity and inclusion standpoint? So so it's you know I think there's a lot of stuff where it's like we got to get our houses in order, and um, that that you know is is taking on a variety of of different work streams. Um, some are cultural, some are policy, some are technological, some are broader community things. Um, I I don't know that that I think it's I think what we just need is a consistent. Um, you know, push back on 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 our companies, and we need to continue to see a, a path for you know remediating or, or improving well, on, on these to, dimensions. What has to help people in the diversity area? What is your you know? Matt again was on before. He's talking about that. It's not he has a distributed company, so he can yep. pull from all over the world. Yep. And you're all fishing in the same pool here. And so, yep. are most of your employees here? The majority of I don't know if yeah uh, probably twelve hundred or so are in Silicon Valley and then the mm-hmm. rest are distributed throughout the U.S. and, and other countries. But mostly here. Mostly here. So yeah. what's the problem in the diversity area? Um, I think the problem has been a lack of focus and prioritizing of this issue by by leadership teams, CEOs, uh, etc. I think that you know we could we could definitely. Um, I, I think we could we could certainly blame the pipeline. Although I don't know if you've fully read Brotopia from, mm-hmm. from Emily, and mm-hmm. but it was actually really interesting because like you know today we're blaming the pipeline, but we caused the pipeline problem to get created yes. decades ago. Yes. So it's like well well yeah I mean we created the the very problem that we're now facing and blaming it on the and we're blaming it on the pipeline in right. quotes um, yeah. for those that, that didn't see that on the podcast. Um, so the the um, uh, I, I so I think it. it Fundamentally, is is the uh, has to be the focus of the CEO 
the leadership team in the organization, which means you have to evolve your hiring practices, you have to evolve your recruiting programs, mm-hmm. you have to think about internal promotion and equitability. Across, and keeping you know, people there. And, a lot of people bring people in and then lose them. I've yep, seen that happen. Yep. So you've got to make sure that that you don't have very, very small pockets of, of underrepresented groups that, that are sort of like not fully integrated within the rest of the culture and the organization, um, which obviously also means you have to get to critical mass and, and mm-hmm. your organization has to look a lot more like the, the, the broader population. Um, so I, I don't think there's a silver bullet other than it being a focus and priority what, of— What's changed for you? you now, yeah. I'd be remiss if I said your wife yeah. is a very famous, you're now famous person in this area. Um, Joelle is uh, Joelle is deeply Emerson. focused on 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 these issues, and she was a lawyer um, by training, and um, did a lot of public interest law and um, uh, and, and kind of employee lawsuits and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, and kind of realized that you know there's there's a legal dimension to this, which is like let's let's sue when the harassment has gotten so mm-hmm. bad, um, but also there's a cultural dimension, which is like why don't we just fix the underlying practices yes. that cause That's harassment right. and cause these diversity diversity issues? So so you know a lot of a lot of my own evolution, you know, personally in thinking through this has obviously kind of come and been influenced by her um, and and uh, and this. But again, it's it's sort of how you hire, how you attract talent, right. how you retain talent, right. um, and then the culture that you're driving from an inclusion standpoint. And all, every one of those dimensions matters. What do you think you've done well in this area and what do you think not well? Um, so I'd say a few a few things that, that we've done well. I think that um, we've implemented um, the Rooney Rule, basically, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, for, for any leadership hire, director and above. So not just our executive staff, but but uh, the population that is a few hundred mm-hmm. leaders within Box. Mm-hmm. We make sure that we have a, a couple underrepresented uh, candidates in any single before we're able to hire anybody. And that's dramatically changed the mix of, of candidate pool that we look at. And it has uh, changed and impacted the director mm-hmm. hiring, which then goes on to change the hiring that they will then do in their own team right. because now you have a leader that, that you know, might be a, a woman or a, a person of color. Um, so that's that's one area. Um, the um, uh, we have uh, we've tried to put a huge focus on internal inclusion. So focusing on our employee resource groups and the organizations internally that are meant to drive uh, much more um, much more community within the company, but then us, us be able to hear the lessons and issues that different groups are facing, and mm-hmm. how do we better support uh, immigrants? What how do we uh, mm-hmm. better support our Latinx population, and how do we make sure that that is a uh, you know these things are much more tied to the the culture and the company. Um, I think it's it's um, uh, it's making sure that we hold teams accountable to the diversity within their their the ranks of their organization. Mm-hmm. We look at metrics every single quarter um, as to the the population of each individual function within Box of so Sales, Marketing, Engineering, right. et cetera, um, to ensure that 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 we think it's trending in a much better direction where we can get to fifty fifty from a, a, a gender standpoint at least in the next few years. Um, and then and then adv- uh, additional programs on the recruiting side. We we created a a fellowship program um, called Box Business where we go to HBCUs mm-hmm. um, and try and uh, have people come to Box for a week and learn about all of the roles in our right. company, not just the engineering side, but all the business roles, sales, finance, recruiting. Mm-hmm. And then we use that as a way of, of hopefully creating a little bit more of an opening in the valley for individuals that would not have thought that maybe they would do, yeah. they, they'd have a career in, in Silicon Valley. They're, they're right. in school in Atlanta or D.C. And, and the logical opportunities to go to Coca-Cola or go right. to, right. Go to a, a consulting firm. And we're saying, hey, actually, Silicon Valley has a lot more jobs than just mm-hmm. the the crazy AI engineers that you read about right. when you when you see us in the news. So mm-hmm. it's a bunch of these kind of programs and just, again, making it a priority of the leadership team to be able to drive. Mm-hmm. And what about around immigration? Has your Have your staff been pressuring you um, to be more outspoken? Probably not pressuring me 
to to be more outspoken. I think it's it's more. There's been a lot of pressure, from a lot of CEOs. Yeah, I think it's it's mo- it's just I think it's in in maybe my nature to already be outspoken on on these types of topics, and I think it's um, so we we obviously you know are, are uh, very focused on trying to drive a, a much better dialogue uh, on the immigration front and hopefully ultimately policy change. I don't think we're going to see do, anything in the next couple years. A government agent? What if ICE? You don't have a nice contract. We don't. What would you do if you did? Um, I think that um, uh, you know. I think it a it would matter what the use cases are. Uh, that would that would be you know pretty mm-hmm. core. But um, you know, I think it's it, we're definitely getting into an arena where it's where it's you're having these really interesting, difficult yes. questions that companies are facing. Um, I think maybe maybe we're just fortunate that our government operation is so nascent and 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 like so <laughs> we got lucky on that. Anyone, yeah. We haven't had to deal yeah, with oracles the, all over it. We haven't had to deal with the issue of like you know is our AI being used for. Yeah. For drones, you know, in, in other countries, yeah. so like, like, kind of dodge a bullet on that being, you know, too early from a scale standpoint. But what but would you do? I think, um, you know, I think that uh, this is where you have to listen to the the pulse of the organization, mm-hmm. and um, and where you know it's, it's definitely not a space for unilateral unilateral decisions. But I think. Uh, Employees have to be passionate about the company that they work for, mm-hmm. and they have to be um, passionate that the technology that they come into work every day to go build is being used in ways mm-hmm. that are aligned to their 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 purpose. Now, the problem is there's not a homogenous purpose right. within within the company, but right. but generally speaking, there's yeah. there's some shared ethics and, and shared beliefs, um, facial recognition, by, all kinds of by, by how these companies work. So I think if we felt like our technology was being used to either harm other people or um, make uh, America a worse place for again the the kinds of employees or communities that we work with. Mm-hmm. I think we would we would uh, decline that kind of contract. All right, let's talk about the future. Where are things going in tech and, and especially in enterprise? What do you, I, I really would like to and also with Box. Um, are you going to sell your company ever? <laughs> for example, um, the um, uh, the answer to that is no comment. The, well, the, oh no, not no comment because that could be a yes. Yeah, if officially, um, you know, the official answer is there is, is no. Outstanding offer, something like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, here, here's the deal. We're we're we did about 500 million last year. Mm-hmm. We're on path and, and guy to do over 600 mm-hmm. million this year. We're in a market that is we think growing 30 to 40 to 50 billion dollars of spend every year. So we're so early in this space. Um, so my goal is to make sure that we can capture as much of that as possible, and the company's goal is to make sure we capture as much of that as possible. Um, and so that generally leads us to being and wanting to be independent. Although as a public company, yeah. that is I'm open to everything. Uh, we have to listen to. Did things. you ever think of selling the company before? <laughs> there were a couple times, right? We we thought about it. We we definitely kind of went through the the, the entire you know kind of process to to think that through and ask ourselves. What are we really trying to build? When or, offers or, came around, as offers came, and and um, and I think that we we've used the same framework uh, really for the past thirteen years, which is: do we believe that there's a way brighter future ahead of us, um, or do we think that as an independent company, or do we think that we need to pair up with somebody bigger to be able mm-hmm. to accomplish what we're trying to do? Mm-hmm. And so far, we've always landed on there's a brighter future ahead of us as an independent company, and we can actually go and take. Um, as much of that opportunity on as uh, as an independent organization uh, without needing to, to pair up with somebody bigger. The real reason I ask, actually, is I just had a really interesting conversation with someone about how the big companies are dominating everything and the startup culture is really smaller. Yeah. Um, and I, I was just thinking there hasn't been a Snap or an Airbnb or a Box or a Dropbox in a long time. There hasn't been, like, the last ones that came out were the class of whatever Uber class is. Right. Um, so yeah, class of two thousand nine or whatever. Yeah, something. There yeah. haven't been that many. Yeah, I, it's actually really interesting. I think the um, I can't think of one. Can you like? Well, uh, 
Who? I mean, Pinterest was back then. We work is, I think, a little newer, but but yeah. depends on kind of how you, how, you, how you classify that. I think that uh, it's totally right, and I think the um, in in part it's because there's not a lot of opportunity if you're just if you're just solving for a slight gap that an incumbent has, you, the, the incumbent is just going to kind of mow you over. Right. And so if you're if you're building like a tweak to search engines or a tweak to social networks, mm-hmm. there's it, it's so easy to be a fast follower if you're a Facebook or you're a Google in a yeah, market that you— Peach? I uh, remember that like for about a week and a half. A week and a half on um, a Friday. <laughs> you're right. It was like a long weekend that it, that yeah. it, uh, it was cool for. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, that's what happens in, in so many spaces. So, so so if you're, you know, trying to build the next photo sharing app, I mean, mm-hmm. that you're going to be, it's not going to work. So right. just sorry to break that news to you. So, um, so I think then the question is, okay, so where are the next opportunities for, right. for technology companies? And frankly, they're in markets that take a lot longer right. to build into. So it's in, it's going to be in healthcare. It's going to be in life sciences. Maybe we'll continue to see some more innovation in education. It's going to be in manufacturing. These are not the markets that sort of Facebook, you know, mm-hmm. became a $20 billion company in five years, you right. know, within. They, they're not particularly viral. They don't sort of, you know, just spread overnight, you know, mm-hmm. between people. So I think this is the the reality that we're now, that you know, in the era that we're in right now, which is that the next Airbnb, the next Uber, the next Lyft, uh, the the next box, um, they're going to be not just sort of solving for deficiencies in the existing technology Mm -hmm. industry. They're going to go out and solve, you you know, very different kinds of problems using technology to enable— Would you go in if you were now? You're 19. I can't believe—you started a file-sharing company. (laughs) You you like bringing it back to that. It's an an enterprise cloud content management platform. Yeah, that's not what you call it then. What did you call it then? Come on, Online file storage. All right, Kate. Yeah, it was really lame. We need that. (laughs) That's needed. And that's why our valuation was very low at the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, You know that our first— Funding round was at a two hundred and forty thousand um, uh, dollar post money valuation. Oh wow! Who yeah. was that? Uh, that was, was that mom again? <laughs> that was uh, basically mom. It was some neighbors of mom and mm-hmm. and uh, some local folks in Seattle. But but uh, so those were the days when you did an angel Who round. Was another big investor of yours. Um, Cuban was uh, Cuban was um, an investor for about eighteen months, and, and then, then he and, left. And he got tired of us. Um, uh, I think we were too annoying for him. But um, but you know, I, I think that the you know I, I don't tend. I, fortunately, I haven't you know been asking myself kind of what, what what else would I do. But I think it would be going out into a market into a big. You're right, a bigger area. It would have to be a non like you're not like again solving some problem that Google or Microsoft or Oracle is trying to solve. Do they have too much power when you think about it? When they would the startup you are a famous startup. Does is the startup feel it feels desiccated in a lot of ways. I, I don't know that's that, a big word. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, Tried out. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that. Um, I, I I think that uh, there's a lot of money. I, there's a lot of money. I think that the. I think what's happening is is so there's a difference between does Google and Facebook have too much power on the on, in, in the on the dimension of like on the dimension of like society. Mm-hmm. I think that is that is a really interesting conversation. Like, mm-hmm. like, do they control too much about how we live mm-hmm. our daily lives? I, yes. w- without answering that for a second, and I'll let you be the person to answer that one. Yes. The next question is, do they control too much power in Silicon Valley as it relates to startup survival? I it's it's hard because the the I, I don't know that that uh, Facebook shouldn't be able to copy a, a little. No, app I agree. That, and so what's interesting? It yeah. used to be if you think about it, you know, we we're talking Microsoft earlier. It used to be just Microsoft. There was yeah, one boss, right. like AT and T or Microsoft or right. blank, and then they got broken up or they got hit by monopoly, and then everything flowered again. If you yep. think about it, so much came out of the the Microsoft uh, mess. Yep. Um, 
that was good. Yep. Not good for Microsoft, but they did just fine, like, eventually. But it was a lot more innovation came out of it. Um, so now, you're saying government regulatory pressure on Well, yeah, that's what I, yeah. I, I want to ask you about that yeah. in the last part. Um, well, the challenge is I don't know where you break up the companies. Well, that, you don't. The, yeah, that's the, the issue yeah. is you can't really break them because they're all in their own lanes. Yeah, like, let's, uh, we're going to give the Facebook news feed. Yes. And we're, that's going to be now a different well, independent you, company. But, they're, but you can't yeah. look at them and say they're competitors they're either. Not, yeah. I mean, are they all, competitors? They are all, no. um, they're, they're all sort of these mini conglomerates, like not mini, right. massive yes. conglomerates of semi-overlapping. Uh, Semi-overlapping. And so you can't really point to any of them. And if, yeah. I would challenge him to call any of like Facebook, I, you know, Mark, who's your competitor? I don't think he could. Who? Who? I mean, or Apple or any of them. And so it really does. And it's really hard to break them up. So talk about regulation. How do you look at it? Because you're in a space that probably companies already need assurance. So you're more careful, like comparatively. Uh, More careful. Meaning your business business people want everything locked down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you're more, you're not quite as loose with the way you run things. Well, we have, uh, we have, we are the, almost the aggregate of all of our customers. there's Russians running around your platform. What's that? Russians. I don't see there's Russians running around your platform. You, they're certainly not running around. Yeah. Not exactly how you use our product. Um, the, you um, know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I totally agree. I think we're actually probably blocked in in most of these countries. Yeah. But but the um, uh, I, I would say that th- this is a dilemma that uh, the government faces, which is what should regulation look like mm-hmm. as it relates to Silicon Valley, and um, and and you have um, there's not like a single regulation you could have. There's like, there's like probably like campaign advertising regulations. Right. There's probably like how should medical devices, you know, use AI in the future? How should our transportation, you know, the future of transportation yeah. and infrastructure work once we have self-driving cars? So you, there's probably no wholesale regulation you could apply mm-hmm. because of the vast um, kind of just dif- just diffuse nature of these companies and and the, and the differences of, of the the spaces they occupy. Um, what you need though is probably in every major regulatory body or agency super super savvy regulators that are kind of looking at at these industries through the lens of like in a world of AI in a world of machine learning when a utility mm-hmm. is actually no longer a, a an objective utility but instead making decisions mm-hmm. on behalf of of their consumers. What news are you going to see in the news feed? What, which uh, outcome do we do? Which, unfortunately, which uh, uh, person maybe has to be harmed in a self-driving car accident? Mm-hmm. Those are fundamental decisions, right. which means you need regulators to actually weigh in on mm-hmm. as a society. What are what are the outcomes that we we want and, and do we find acceptable? And that's that's these are the questions that that we are so early in and um, not capable of and, answering and anyway. incapable of answering as as both an industry as well as a they government. They sure can argue about restaurants. <laughs> they, that's that, that is the focus. So you know we know Jesus that that Christ. you know we know how to regulate red hen. Yeah. Um, but we don't know. I'm gonna go to. Uh, <laughs> you. I don't know why you you haven't been there. Why haven't you done a podcast Lexington's there? Love, I'm going to. I'm going to. That's okay, a really good. good idea. Yeah. Thank you. It's a great little town. Um. So so what do you you worried about in regulation because one someone who was not with well, with all the focus on Facebook and others, yeah. um, they were like it's like a contagion here yeah. because we didn't do anything and right. then here we are with with 
You know, if the Democrats get back in power, the ones I've been interviewing are pretty pissed at Silicon Valley they, in general. They, they would love to, uh, to stop the news feed. Or lots of things. Yeah. They look like they couldn't do anything. Like, yeah. Are you, I, what are you worried about from, from your business point I of think view? what I'm, I'm worried about would be— Because um, you don't want a lot of regulation, right? Um, you know, we, we, because of the customers we serve, so we serve uh, probably seven of the top ten life sciences companies in the U.S., mm-hmm. many of the leading banks, mm-hmm. um, many of the, the leading hospitals, we are— almost by proxy regulated because we have to, uh, we build software and technology for those regulated customers. Mm-hmm. So we have a pretty large compliance, legal, et cetera, function at Box that already right. is more right. or less you regulated. you have to, yeah. because you sort of have to. Be- because, of, uh, because of our customer base. So I think the worst case scenario for us is that Silicon Valley gets so far behind on these issues that we just can't be trusted as an industry. Mm-hmm. And then you start to have, um, you know, then you have either companies from other countries or you have just completely different approaches and architectures mm-hmm. to, to technology where, like, you, we rely on the Fortune 500 trusting Silicon Valley's technology to some extent mm-hmm. for our success. And when you, when you see that these tools can be manipulated or they're being used in more harmful ways or regulators are stamping them down— um, then, then that, that, that I think impacts anybody, uh, sure. whether you're consumer or enterprise. So right. we, we actually have a, a, a extremely uh, a strong vested interest in ensuring that Silicon Valley and DC are are operating sure, um, effectively. I mean. yeah. And and that, and then so so I don't know that it'll be box specifically being regulated is the outcome, but we care that we that we get through this mess and that Facebook you know resolves their issues and right. Google resolves their issues and right. so on. Right, that you don't get pulled into it because it is a contagion for you all. It's it's a contagion because it's going to reduce trust in in these types yeah, of platforms. Yeah, because it used to be Silicon Valley, you're all loved, and now you're not so loved. Uh, yeah, I don't know how loved. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know the the love quotient at the moment. Love isn't but, good. Yeah, <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll take Low your word love. for that. Yeah, no, it is. You yeah. can feel it. I think people. I think we're in a lower love state right now. Yeah, so. and then it gets pulled when Trump does it. An Amazon thing. You don't think it impacts, but it does because people do understand that technology could be very malevolent to them. Yeah, 100%. And I think jobs. That I, I, the jobs thing, I, I think that we, we as an industry, uh, again, per, you know, perfectly similar to the Cambridge Analytica Facebook thing, way too, w- way too um, cavalier. Uh, cavalier and uh, lacking empathy on, like, how are people going to perceive as this, as this technology rolls through an industry, um, are, are people going to be able to learn how to use it to, to be competitive in their, in their job? Are they going to be able to be retrained in, in some area? Mm-hmm. Now, at the same time, I'd say that we're still very early in that process, and so that the the rhetoric probably exceeds the actual job right. disruption that's actually occurring, and and it is coming, and which means that that it's time to get ahead of it now and, and start to have these conversations. Do you think about that with your technologies? You could replace a lot of people. Yeah, it, there used it, to be file cabinets. There used to be file cabinets. So the person administering How the file cabinet, you? yeah, we've we've probably at least gotten rid of thirty file cabinet jobs. Right, globally. exactly. Yeah. Um, the um, uh, you know, fortunately, I had a file cabinet. You would not be employed if that was your only job. I still um, have those files. You, you do. Well, you, they should be in the cloud. So, yeah. Um, no. I, I think, you know— it, the, I'm like Herbert. I'm not Herbert Hoover. I'm like uh, uh, J. Edgar. Yeah. I, kept, I have kept all his files. files. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is that just like leverage in the future oh, if you yeah. need it? Okay. Oh, I got a lot of files. Um, <laughs> Do you print out this podcast later or, or something? I have files. Okay. Let's just say. I have files. Let's say. Um, let's just say that. <laughs> just like that in that voice. Yep. I'd be like, okay. I have files. I'm not going to mess with you. I have documents. You. Yeah, you've got documents. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've got PDFs. Yeah. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, um, so, so, so I'm saying, do you worry about it? Because yeah. you do. Like, is it something you think about? Uh, it is. And um, I think that, again, maybe this is this is maybe the naive optimism, mm-hmm. like, like hashtag naive optimism of Silicon Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in general, when we look at our technology, when we look at Salesforce or Workday or these kind of tools, 
I think actually what, what we're seeing is that as companies can be more efficient in, in particular areas, whether it's collaboration or in HR or mm-hmm. in a sales or process, it's not that they hire fewer people. It's that their business is able to better serve their customers. So they create what they're so creatively they, making. It's more important than the process. And they're and actually they often will create more jobs in yeah. in the more. It's a good talking point. Well, that that, that I mean, you not everything's a talking it. point. No, it's just I understand. I think words you actually believe this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but like like l- l- let me give you a really bad example. All right. A very local <laughs> example. So Why would you say that? It's like well, because well, I don't want you to judge me. Bad example. I don't want you to judge my example. It's like when you know when someone does when they give you they give a put a fork in front of your face to taste this it tastes funny yeah it's that's that's what's saying give, let me give you a bad go ahead yeah, but give what me if a my, bad example but what if my example is not good and you're let's like well that was judge the stupidest it. Just, fucking example i've ever heard of okay. let's give me an example okay. and i will judge it afterwards uh, okay so we uh, at box yeah we we have a data science t- uh mm-hmm. team and, and their job is to make our business processes more efficient and uh they have a process which is to try and identify the leads that are most likely to close so customers so our sales reps yeah. are able to better serve our customers and they they uh in, in uh, you know invented a better algorithm that could do that in a much much better way so they, we, we could better sell to our customers. It didn't result in hiring fewer sales reps. It, it meant that we could actually hire more people because our sales process was more efficient. And mm-hmm. so now taking now something that was inefficient previously in some particular area got more efficient, which meant we could actually fund it more because it was now economically a viable way to go and 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 serve that particular customer base. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that what we have to remember is that we have not reached like the exact perfect symmetry of supply and demand globally. Right. Right. What we've reached is the perfect symmetry of supply and demand with today's level of efficiency. Right. And so if you could make transportation a tenth of the price, could you dramatically increase the number of people that are consuming that service? Right. Same with healthcare. Same with consumer products. Right. And so it's dramatically so inefficient. You're right. We have we have inefficiency everywhere. And mm-hmm. so if technology can make a particular job or a particular process more efficient, mm-hmm. potentially you'll actually hire more people to do that task. Yes. Because now it's not actually you're yeah. able to better serve customers to be able to do that. Yeah. And that and then boring. and then you've got all the indirect ads on on jobs that you, uh, that nobody's really tracking. So yes, the truck driver that that I hate the, that example. Okay, then I won't, that's my that's why, I, that's why I preempt right, by saying ahead, these are bad examples. Just, okay, no, right, I'm not even going to go, go that it's direction. Not a bad, it's a well-used one. But okay, ahead. I don't want to even use it. No, no. Uh, use the example. No, I, all I was going to say— uh, They uh, may have be, something else for them to do. Not even that. Like, like well, sure. But, but like, also just think about all of the surrounding industries that yes, grow I do, yes. when you can go make logistics more efficient. I and agree. So, so, like, we have to be thoughtful about the, 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 the fact that, yes, there might be specific tasks— that, that change. That, that, change. Right. that does right. not necessarily necessarily mean entire jobs change. And even when entire jobs change, then what we have to do is find a way to route that that labor. Let me get back to the truck to a different driver. Part of the market. Let me. People use the truck driver analogy yeah. a lot of the time because it's an it's an easy analogy. To make. I, I didn't mean to fall on that. No, trip. I'm sorry. I, no, you know what okay. I'm saying. But here's what I think. I'll go down the negative side. Okay. Not just truck drivers, mechanics, yeah. gas stations, yeah. parking lots. Uh, shopping malls, like you, yeah. it, it, uh, insurance companies. Yeah. Like if you don't have a car, you don't buy insurance. And all those impact, like there, there's an iteration and yeah. a cascading effect that I yeah. think people here don't think about. Uh, yeah, and it is I, what it is, and right? My, my only talking point to that would just be when ATMs mm-hmm. you know, first came out, uh, we bank thought tellers. that was going to destroy the bank teller job. And there's, you know, we probably reached peak bank teller in the past couple of years. We so, I, I mean, there's a stat that like is like 10x more retail branches oh, of banks since the moment that, that the ATM, ATM was invented. Yes, you're right. I don't take that you specific number. Yeah. You, but like like banking grew because now it was more accessible for, for people. So right. thus okay. the growth of, of, of banks, you know, kind of exploded. Yeah. So, but I do think Silicon Valley has to have a sense of what they're inventing, especially around transportation. 100%. To me, that's the one that's 100%. really. And this is where, this is 
is why, again, I, I want to make sure automation I'm, I'm not robotics. giving I'm not giving an out for anybody uh, right. uh, that, that is not thinking these through. I'm just saying that there's going to be there will be uh, commensurate, not maybe not commensurate like like uh, quantitatively, but there will be uh, for everything that we make more efficient, there will likely be job growth either in that direct area or in surrounding All functions. Right. So what we have to do in Silicon Valley is be way more thoughtful about about identifying those areas of growth, making sure that if there are impacted jobs, how do you ensure that more people can discover those mm-hmm. new opportunities? Right. I, I do think that that them. is, yeah, how do you train them? I think that is more of a responsibility for Silicon Valley. I don't think that that somehow, you know, we should, we should you know, uh, uh, be, be um, you know, fully uh, exempt from thinking about that. And yeah. so that, that is, that it's, doesn't It's change. hard because is it government's job? Is it, it's hard to know whose job it really I is. Think, and then it ends up being nobody's. I think it's the market's job. And yeah. so that's going to be, that's going to be cost colleges, that's going to be community colleges, that's yeah. going to be online education, that's going to be companies doing retraining, and then that's going to be the government hopefully getting ahead of this just a tad so you can tilt, you know, where where do we want K-12 through education to go? Where do we yeah. want, you know, public schools to, to be moving toward, et cetera? Yeah, not this government today. I'll we might that. have to wait a couple more years. A couple more years and stuff. All right, last question, Aaron, for you. Yes. Um, give me, where is, like, the workplace, like enterprise. Yeah. You, you're, you're sort of aiming, what is the puck, whatever the puck example. Yeah, you're yeah going that's hockey, right? It's going, yeah, yeah. right, or whatever. What it, as a business thing, what do you, like, without giving away all your big secrets, uh, okay. what what do you think about? the? What do you think your business is in five years? Where, where enterprise is? Where was the next trend in enterprise? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, it, it's, unfortunately, it's going to sound a little bit similar to, to what we were talking about a couple, uh, uh, a couple, advertisement breaks ago, um, mm-hmm. but this idea that that business is getting faster, every company, no matter what industry you're in, has to serve customers in a much more digitally driven way. Again, if you're a mm-hmm. hospital, how do you provide a much 24 mm-hmm. by 7 experience to patients? Right. If you're a life sciences company, how do you learn from what 23andMe is doing and have more precision, you know, precise experiences mm-hmm. in personalized medicine? Um, if you're in transportation, we know that's going to be moving to be more on mm-hmm. demand, more rental based, probably less ownership of cars. Yes. So every company is going to be digitized. Every industry is going to be digitized. So our job at Box and, and probably the job largely of the enterprise software space is to provide the tools and to provide the sort of weaponry that helps these companies modernize both their workplaces and their business processes. So where we're going to be going is, is literally that entire spectrum. We want to power how a company works and shares and collaborates and, and, and like just like the data that they're able to, mm-hmm. to, to move through their organization. And we want to be the, the platform beneath the applications that they're building, if those applications relate to content that that, that we manage. So, um, if I'm a financial, if I'm a bank, how do I have a better experience with with uh, w- with my uh, customers where I can exchange documents seamlessly? So you don't have to fax in documents and you don't have to FedEx data, right. you know, information anymore. I'm arguing with people about that all the time. You are. I have some lawyers. They just keep sending me papers. So there you go. Can you? I they mean, literally, I said, are you paper people still? They're like, we're still paper people. <laughs> they are paper I said, people. I don't like paper people. I love paper people because sure that means we still have a market. People. Yeah. Do you? Uh, I mean, oh, as, you can go take their. As paper long as there away. are paper people, we have. There customers. are paper people. I can't even get them to sign online documents like DocuSign or and so Adobe. N- so now you see our opportunity. So, and they give me lame excuses in which I don't. Yeah, there's the law or like Le- oh, there's no, a there security. Isn't. I checked. Yeah, exactly. They, and then they, they don't like that. Most people are usually ten years behind in terms of like actually the state of of the compliance and regulatory. You can about. use my paper people thing because I call them. You call them paper people? I'm like, what are you? Are these the people people? that also do filing cabinets? Uh, They probably do, right? Yes. So my my, I don't mind some paper. My first internship was at um, Paramount Pictures. Oh, Um, really? That was where we got the idea for Box. Or not the first internship, but there could have been a whole new 
history for you. Could have. I could have been filing in, in, uh, <laughs> in, in movie studios. Yeah. But, but we got the idea of Box. I, I was yeah. literally uh, faxing in information, fa- faxing out. What did and, you do at Paramount? I, I literally was a paper person. So okay. um, that's what you do as an intern. So okay. I, I put documents in filing cabinets mm-hmm. and then faxed them out and FedExed them back. And and I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. This is scripts, like, this is how. It, no, no, no. It was like, it was contracts for I Love Lucy oh to, to like, like rural like America. Right. Uh, yeah. yeah, and like it was like literally the contract would be like five hundred dollars for reruns, residuals. Yeah, uh, to, to I Love Lucy, and it was like I was literally just faxing those back and yeah. forth, in, and so nothing glamorous whatsoever. Um, I right. think I think I may have saw Lisa Kudrow once. Yeah, um, I, I, as I was in driving by in a, in, a, in a golf cart, that was like that was like she the was Hollywood in the golf experience. cart. Are you? I was in the golf cart. Wow. Yeah, they let you she... use the golf cart as an intern because oh, I had to wow. move all the paper around. Oh. Oh my God! So then we we're like, uh, I had a friend who worked for one of those, and she would drop off scripts every day yeah. to the show. All, everyone at the studio, that none of awesome. which they read. Yeah, totally. And I was like, Why don't you just email them? And she was like, <laughs> I can't do that. That's what she said, yeah, and yeah. I said, Why not? Then yeah. we can go out to dinner. It was amazing. No, so that was uh, yeah. That that would I would have loved to move scripts around, but these are just five hundred dollar contracts. All right. How was your Lisa Kudrow experience? I, again, it, I think it was from a distance. It's not even clear it was her. So. Uh, <laughs> You've met celebrities since. At the time, you, you sort of had to imagine that it was a celebrity. Who's so. the best celebrity you've met as an internet <laughs> executive? Come on. Um, the best celebrity yeah. that, that I've met. Um, Oprah for me, but go ahead. Oh, really? It was Oprah years? Mm-hmm. Several times, um, yeah. You know, one time I, I ran into Harrison Ford and mm-hmm. um, tried to explain cloud computing to him. Oh. So that was a good moment in my life. Um, it was really a brief conversation. So. Kid. <laughs> didn't hey, kid. Go, it didn't go very far. Oh, my God. That yeah. would have been so good to see. I wish I had been standing next to him. I think he was like, why, why are you in front of me? So. Oh, I had to explain Twitter to De Niro once. Wow. Barry Diller maybe. Okay, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do I need to be on Twitter? And I go, no, you do not. And that was <laughs> Is he on now? He better not he, be now. Uh, he should be. Oh, no. He would love it now. He could just respond to every tweet from, no, from he can't. DT. He needs to stay away yep. from the Twitter. Yep, he probably. should never be on Twitter. Anyway, Aaron, as usual, it was great talking to you. Good Thanks chatting. for Thank coming you. to the show. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. You can find more episodes of Recode Decode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Or just go visit recode.net slash podcast for more. And if you have a minute, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell other people about the show. That helps them discover great interviews just like this one. Now that you're done with this, you should check out our other podcasts, Too Embarrassed to Ask and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. You can find those shows wherever you found this one. Thanks for listening to this episode of Recode Decode. Thanks to our editor, Joel Robbie, and our producer, Eric Johnson. I'll be back here on Monday. Tune in then. <laughs>